1: This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor.
2: Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, talking to you from New York City on this the 31st day of August 2021. And I do want to remind you that I'm the editor of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. You can sign up by going to miningstocks.com. Miningstocks.com, we like to also uh, mention Chen Lin. What is Chen buying? What is Chen selling? At chenpicks.com. And also Michael Oliver, who is with me, and we'll be hearing from him in just a few moments, olivermsa.com. And I also want to thank all of you for listening to this show and encourage you to send in your comments, whatever they may be, uh, to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. We do want to thank our sponsors, as always, uh, for their sponsorship, because that makes this show economically viable. Uh, our sponsors for today's show, Novo Resources, El Auro Resources, Resources, and Metals, Labrador Gold Corp., Lion One Metals, SK Mining Corp, NV Gold Corp, and Firefox Gold. I've titled today's show, Fed Taper Talk, Fake Out or Shake Out? Uh, David uh, David McIlvaney, Michael Oliver, as I mentioned, will be with us, and Dr. Roger Moss uh, will be with me in the second segment as well. Uh, the Fed has been hinting at a policy of tapering, which seems, which means printing less money to buy U.S. securities, which no one in their right might Right mind would want to buy because the interest rates that these instruments are paying are far less than the cost of everything that's going up. So it's a losing proposition to buy treasuries. So who has to buy them? The Fed. But how seriously should we talk? Take the Fed then when they talk about buying less of those securities. Who else is going to buy them if the Fed doesn't? And what happens to the interest rates? I mean, it, it, listening to the Fed talk about taper is about as I think about as meaningful and about as credible as listening to Dr. Fauci talk about wearing masks. The Fed assured us just before the dot-com crisis, as well as just before the 2008 financial crisis, that the financial markets were sound and under control. Chairman Bernanke assured us that, well, there may be some real estate bubbles here and there, but they are local, and as such, no real threat to the economy overall. But why then should we take fed taper talk seriously also when you consider the fact that the slightest rise in interest rates will predictably toss the economy or at least the stock market over into a deflationary cliff is it simply a matter of cognitive dissidence that keeps us believing in the fed happy talk when the fed has no politically palatable choice but to hyperinflate the dollar into oblivion in order to pay off debt they cannot be paid in current dollars With the handwriting on the wall pointing to an an eventual eventual hyperinflation of the dollar, but with annoying disinformation from the Fed along the way, we'll ask David uh, McIlvaney to help us make some sense of it all. He'll be with me in the second half of today's show. Roger Moss will be with me just a few minutes from now after our first commercial break to update us on Labrador Gold's very impressive early assay results from its Kingsway project in Newfoundland, That's located right next door to the emerging world-class high-grade gold discovery by Newfound Gold. And uh, that's known as the Queensway Project. It's right next uh, to the Kingsway Project that Roger Moss will talk to us about. But right now, I'm really happy to tell you that Michael Oliver is with me to help us uh, make some sense of all this insanity that's swirling around. Um, And be sure to go to OliverMSA.com. OliverMSA.com. Go there. Uh, and sign up for for this excellent newsletter, uh, Michael's Mo- Momentum and Structural Analysis, which is uh, one of those one of those must reads that I see in my inbox, especially every weekend, but through the week as well. Michael, thank you so much for joining me.
3: Hi, good to be back, Jay.
2: It's always good to have you. Now, you mentioned that you think there there could be some things, uh, some some a lot of things happening in the markets right now. You talk about the dollar being on the edge. Well, most people say, "What are you talking about?" Uh, Michael, I mean, the dollar seems to be very strong. It seems to be very stable. Why would you worry about a dollar these days? In fact, I'm hearing more and more people say, whenever you bring up the idea that the dollar could be in trouble, they say, yeah, what are you talking about, Taylor? I mean, who, where else are you going to go? There's no other currency you can go to. So, what do you say? You, Do you think there well, may be,
3: the dollar could have some trouble? You've got to remember, when you've got competing fiat currencies, it's like I don't want to use dirty words, but I mean, it's one piece of this versus another piece of that. So their relative value to one another is is, is subjective and it does change. But the dollar has been in massive decline for the last 40 years. Go back and get a dollar index chart going back to the late 70s, early 80s. -hmm. And you'll see mm-hmm. one huge collapse, then a big rally last a decade, then another huge collapse. Then we had another rally uh, from 2012 through 2015, and then we had another collapse. What we're doing on the dollar right now, if you'll go back a year, in fact, almost 13 months now, July of last year, and draw a line sideways on the dollar index, uh-huh. it's been in about a 3.5% range uh-huh. at the lower end of the range of the last decade, which was uh-huh. also very narrow, it was like eleven twelve percent range and if uh-huh. you go back through the history of the dollar and try to find me any one year period, like what we've just seen, where the 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 percent high to low was three percent or so, you know uh, you won't find it it's dead in other words, it flopped down, and why does it stop here? Well, there's some price chart reasons if you go back up to uh, about 15 years, you'll notice there were a couple highs up around 89 on the dollar index. Then when mm-hmm. you burst through that, you ran up to 100, 105. This is back in 2015 and 16. Had a uh-huh. nice bull move, and we caught it. And then you finally toppled in 2017, and dropped back down to where? 89 area. (laughs) April of 2018. So they bought it on top of the old price highs. Then you had a protracted rally all during 2020, and then you dropped back down last summer real hard, back down to where? Under 90 again. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you've since been in a range from 90 to 93 area, basically, or actually 89 and change to above 93. So call it three and a half percent range. Right now, you're 92 and a half area. You just mm-hmm. dropped 120 points off the high of two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Our assessment technically is that what's going on here, you can go back to 1988 on an annual momentum chart, which I didn't mean a price chart, but a momentum chart where you measure it versus an annual mean, three-year average, and there's an uptrend that connects three major lows, and now we're on it for the fourth time, but each time we fit this line in the last 30 years, uh, you've fired off that line. Now we're not. We're laying on the line. We've been laying on it for effectively you know, nine months now. So technically speaking, it looks like somebody who fell to the curbstone and can't get up. Mm-hmm. And people calling this strong, I love it when they do that because it isn't. It's anemic. Mm-hmm. It can't get a rally worth anything. It's, not even, it's hardly tradable. I mean, if you mm-hmm. consider a 3.5% range dynamic, it's not. Now, mm-hmm. if we slip down... A point below where we are right now, 92.50, mm-hmm. 60 area. If you drop down to about 91.50, mm-hmm. the price guys won't notice this because it's not back to the lows down there around 90. Uh-huh. You get to 91.50 next month, and we're forecasting that you're going to implode. That the dollar mm-hmm. is going to then go down to 90, and if it ever hits 90 again, I think they're going to get out of the way, and you'll see the dollar implode deeply down into the 80s, which will be mm-hmm. a headline type event. And mm-hmm. It will upset many assumptions that undergird other markets mm-hmm. debt markets, equity markets and so forth so you know is that is a major variable it's going to be an upsetting variable mm-hmm. uh, and i think one market it won't upset will be gold and silver and mm-hmm. commodities in general for obvious reasons mm-hmm. uh, but i think the quietness that's in the dollar right now has to be watched you know always watch the quiet guy okay
2: yeah yep so michael uh, what you're really what you're what you're really saying here then is Uh, you know, I mean, for this argument that everybody's saying, well, you can't, there's no other currency you can go to. What you're saying is, relative to the other bad, they're all bad currencies. They're all Mm -hmm. destroying themselves. They're all, their purchasing power is going to zero, Mm -hmm. towards zero. Um, But the dollar technically is looking very vulnerable at this stage, vis-a-vis the other really bad currencies.
3: Yes, and and they they rotate, but the the dollar has been... In a degrading pattern for the last, uh, you know, since late nineteen, early nineteen eighties. If you'll just look at a chart, punch it up on a screen somewhere, dollar index, uh, and you'll see a huge two major collapses. And I think we're we'll in the process of the third collapse. And I, I'm not sure how low it's going to go, but it, it, I doubt it's going to be the world's reserve currency at the end of the end of, the, end of this next crisis.
2: And at this section. Well, yeah. of course, there's lots of people that will argue with that one, but uh, we'll leave that for another day. Uh, who knows where things are going to go? Uh, <laughs> you know, the digital people are looking for their for their piece of the action, and who knows? I, I, I only God knows, I guess. So anyway, uh, what? So, gold? You're not worried about gold if the do- no. well, if the dollar sure. goes down. Gold should have some. That'll help. Uh,
3: But remember, uh, uh, don't focus so much on the dollar for gold. This, I think, will help because I think it could be fairly dramatic in the dollar. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. uh, over the last decade, dollar has been in a 12% range, effectively sideways. Now, admittedly, you're in the lower end of that range right now. But Mm -hmm. gold doubled in price during that time. It didn't need a bear dollar. Mm-hmm. To go from thousand fifty to twenty seventy.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it
3: didn't need a bear dollar, so you don't always need that. But I just mm-hmm. think right now this is going to be another helpful little wind at the back of the gold market. I think gold's behaving great, and I think it's also shrugging off all this baloney talk about Powell and the Fed going to taper. Mm-hmm. Um, Powell the, the wants Fed, to get re-nominated. I don't yeah. think he will be, but he wants to be. Mm -hmm. And if you examine his words, he said last week, they were extremely dovish underneath the surface. He was talking about issues like equality and so forth, uh, as if the the Fed is now a a political instrument. Right. Um, He he wants to to get the renominated. And uh, again, I suspect he won't be, but uh, he's either going to be dovish or there's going to be somebody even more dovish than he is.
2: All right, Michael, helm. but let, let, let me ask you about the equity market, though, because if the money keeps pouring into the system, uh, nice. and even if a lot of it goes out through <clears> fiscal <throat> transfers to individuals, um, isn't that bullish, numer- at <laughs> least nominally, for the, for the, stock, the stock market? market? No. Yeah.
3: There's a point at which, throughout history, you'll find that the Fed has had a policy of easy money because they had a, a bust at some point, and they wanted to feed the bust back up, and it turned into a boom, and they keep the foot on the pedal, but ultimately, the market turns regardless of them keeping the foot on the pedal.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay? And I, I th- it's simply a function of reality. In other words, you get to a certain point where something is priced off the page, and the thing that got it up there, na- namely monetary policy and Fed funds mm-hmm. rates at zero or a quarter percent mm-hmm. or whatever for 10 years, uh, it doesn't work anymore. Because finally reality says, okay, you know, we've had enough, it, 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 it's not working. And the money mm-hmm. goes elsewhere. And I think it started to go into commodities, commodity stocks. Uh, it's gone into gold. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, silver is going to gain a lot here too, uh, more mm-hmm. than gold even. But uh, I think th- there is a movement of money. No, it's not dramatic and draconian yet. But mm-hmm. I think it's been subtle and ongoing, and that's why gold is, is uh, you know, eighteen hundred dollars, not a uh, thousand and fifty. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, where well, it was well, in two thousand fifteen. Well,
2: my. Michael, let me ask you then, I mean, if it, we've got inflation that seems to be accelerating. Interest rates are being capped by the Fed. They're, they're trying to defy mother nature by pushing interest rates down below. Who knows what the real interest rate would be if, they were, if, if the markets were allowed to prevail. So do you see this as perhaps the event that starts to trigger a, an equity market decline and all of a sudden yes, I, the I Fed can't so. control the interest rates anymore?
3: Yeah, the long end of the bond market, while we've been bullish on the rise in price in bonds uh, since March especially, uh, I think there could be some more, but I think that's largely a temporary phenomenon of asset managers saying, I don't like the stock market so much here. I want to move 5% of capital over here to cash equivalent, the long end of the government debt market. Uh, it's not like they're seeking the yield. It's the, they're, they're putting apart the money somewhere else that they consider yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they've also been moving it into gold. But mm-hmm. uh, no, ultimately, our technical work says the stock market is likely in the topping process. Uh, and I suspect it'll be evident to people even watching price charts by October, meaning five oh. weeks from now.
2: Oh, Okay. Well, we have to be on our toes. That's for sure. Watch out those markets. And I guess what you're, the message that I always get from you, uh, Michael, is that ultimately Mother Nature has its way, and Absolutely. you can't you, you can't fool the markets forever. I mean, all yeah. kinds of propaganda out there yeah. from every which way, and it seems like not a lot is making sense. Not only in the equity markets, but almost every area of our lives these days. But ultimately. Reality has to prevail, that's what you're saying. So.
3: Absolutely. Like like Rand said, there is an objective reality out there.
2: Yeah, you there is an objective reality, and you can't fool yeah. it forever. You can yeah. you can fool it yeah. for quite a while. Uh, you yeah. can fool some of the people which some of the it, time. Which
3: makes it more exaggerated once it comes unraveled. You know. Yeah. So.
2: so if we're on the right side of the market when that turn comes, we can do just very yeah. well, I guess. All right, Michael, thank you so much for being with us again. Always a pleasure. And we'll look thank to do you, it another good. couple of weeks from now. Well, folks, we do have Bye-bye. to go to break, but don't go away. Roger Moss is with me, uh, the president and CEO of Labrador Gold, a company that I think you're not going to want to miss this story because uh, this is a company that's uh, had some incredibly good early assay results right next to uh, what is emerging as a world-class high-grade gold deposit right next door to it. So it's a very exciting story. Uh, Roger will be with us right off the break, so don't go away.
4: Firefox Gold is actively exploring in Finland, where recent discoveries have sparked a new gold rush. Firefox controls a major portion of a prospective gold belt, giving the company a distinct advantage for exploration and strategic partnerships. The company's strong international leadership team, combined with its Finland-based exploration specialists, will put Firefox on the crest of the coming wave of gold discoveries. Firefox Gold trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol FFOX. Go to firefoxgold.com to subscribe for updates.
5: SK Mining Corp., trading under the symbol ESK on the TSX Venture and ESKYF on the OTCQB, is a mineral exploration company targeting precious metals, rich VMS deposits in the heart of British Columbia's Golden Triangle. SK Mining controls a prospective land package totaling 130,000 acres, which lies across a geologic trend that once hosted the prolific SK Creek Mine. With a world-renowned geological team, funding in place, and shareholders such as Eric Sprott, SK Mining is on the cusp of a world-class discovery. Go to skmining.com to subscribe for updates.
2: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to the Good Times. I'm your host Jay Taylor. Really pleased to have with me once again, Dr. Roger Moss. He's the president, and CEO, and a director of Labrador Gold Corp. Labrador Gold has uh, some very exciting early results in its exploration of the Kingsway Project in uh, in uh, uh, in Newfoundland, and um, it's it's located along the same belt of rocks that hosts one of the most exciting gold discoveries over the past couple of years, namely the Queensway Project that is being compared to the famous Fosterville uh, deposit in Australia that was uh, I, I guess some people might suggest it was the company maker for Kirkland Lake and uh, while newfound gold has had a, a head start in exploring the Queensway project over Labrador in its exploration of the Kingsway project it is uh, most exciting to note that the uh, the same kind of high grades and same kind of uh, same kind of rocks I believe that are being found by the big brother next door are being found uh, that are being found by, uh, by, uh, by Labrador Gold. So I think this is the most exciting story. It's a company that has relatively small market cap at this stage. It's about 152 million shares, trades LAB in Toronto, NKOSF in the U.S., uh, where Americans can purchase it, as I have. Earlier today, I saw it was selling at about $1. five in Canadian money, uh, giving it a market cap of just around 160 million in Canadian dollars. So, um, r- Roger, thank you so much for joining me again.
0: Uh, thank you, Jay. It's great to be back.
2: It's really good to have you, especially after seeing this uh, assay that you guys put out just—I uh, don't know—it was a week or so ago, I guess, 27th, maybe. Uh, very no, it was very recently anyway. You're 44 grams of gold over 4.28 meters. What a, an intersection! Uh, but you know, earlier you had a lot of good ones too. But I guess this is probably the best one so far. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you've learned so far in your drill program? You get a fifty thousand meter drill program going, uh, so you've got a lot of holes drilled already, a lot more to go. But what
0: what can you tell us about what
2: you've learned so far?
0: Well, I think I think the the key takeaway, Jay, is that it ain't easy, and yeah. um, we've uh, we've drilled a lot of holes, and uh, as you said, we've had some we had some really great intersections um we are uh beginning to figure it out um but you know it's uh this style of mineralization is not uh is they're, they're not tabular tabular zones they're uh-huh. uh, they're they're more sort of uh pencil shaped uh mm-hmm. zones that, that plunge down and figuring out that plunge you can you know you can be one side or the other by 10 meters or so and completely miss it. So, um, in some ways, that's frustrating. But obviously, the prize is uh, is immense once you have figured it out. And um, clearly, our neighbors have, have figured it out a while back. And uh, as you say, they had a head start. And um, you know, we're we are we're really uh, targeting some of these some of these high grade. Zones that we have uh, we have picked up to date. and I think you know the, the the one that you just mentioned, the 44 grams a ton of 4.28 meters. That that's from what we've called the HTC zone. It's it's a it's a deeper zone. It lies below the big vein zone, and um, that's actually shaping up quite nicely in terms of uh, us being able to follow follow it down plunge. We have a pretty good idea of where the mineralization is in that. And um, and getting getting the the longer intersections was uh, was was really nice to see. And I'd say that was that's probably the best intersection that we've had on on, on the property to date. But mm-hmm. um, you know we we have had a few others. Um, you know in the, in the same zone we had uh, just over fifty grams a ton over one one point eight five meters. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty pretty decent uh, solid intersection. And, uh, at the big vein zone, which is, which is close to the surface and actually the big vein, um, mm-hmm. outcropped on surface, we got a, we got a really high grade hit of 235 grams a ton over half a meter. So, um, so that's like the, the high grade is there. Um, I think we've demonstrated in our last release that we we also have some width to, to some of these, uh, some of these high grade intersections. So, um. So that's what that's what we're following up, and uh, you know, I think, as you say, the understanding comes with each bill hole and uh, that goes into the model, and um that, that's actually what we're doing. Yeah, I
2: see. I think that uh, you probably have to put you have to drill in different directions, I suppose, to try to figure out the geometry of these things, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We use we we usually do uh we usually do a fan of holes from the single setup mm-hmm. and uh in diff- in different directions and uh you know as as I said we can, we, we we can target we can target a high grade zone and um you know you, you're not always going to miss, you're not always going to hit it and um it's very frustrating when you don't, but um all of that information goes back into the model, and we figure out uh, why we missed it, and uh, and readjust, and and carry on. So it's um, it's 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 a it's a constant uh, iter- iterative process of right. really trying to to define these um, these these down down plunge extensions of the higher grade mineralization. Mm-hmm.
2: You have to keep vectoring in towards the higher grades, I
0: guess, and. You know, I, I want
2: ro- to know, Roger. You mentioned the HTC zone. It's a little bit to the east of the uh, Big Vein, and I, uh, one thing I think these are these mineralizations coming right up to the surface or close to it, right?
0: Yes, they do. Um, so, so the um, the Big Vein outcrops at surface, and that's where we found last fall uh, the um, the initial uh, quartz vein boulder that contained the visible gold that. Kicked off this area for us, and uh, so that's at surface. We believe that the HTC zone does come out to surface as well up to the northeast, but we haven't we haven't definitively found it at surface yet. Um, but the the whole the holes that we're intersecting, like some of these that uh, we were talking about, these these are only like 40, 50 meters below the surface we're vertically. And um, and the hole in the big vein, the big vein zone, that uh, 265 grams a ton is just uh, eight eight meters uh, vertical wow. depth. So very very close to surface mineralization here.
2: Roger, I know the major uh, structure, the the Appleton Fault that runs north northeast southwest um, and parallel to these veins that you're looking at. Uh, do you see? I mean, what role does do you do you see that as a major major feeder or a structural of structural importance to these veins that are off to the west a little ways? And also, I'm wondering if you see the HTC zone and the big vein per, potentially uh, converging at depth at some depth.
0: Uh, well, that's the uh, we we're not sure about the HTC and, and big vein converging. It it looks like they might. Um, as we go down to the southeast but uh they are still they're still uh quite a, a ways apart mm-hmm. um, and in terms of the in terms of the Appleton fault zone um it's interesting because when we modeled it from uh, from our airborne geophysics uh we had it we had it placed out to to the east um and uh so probably on the order of uh probably, I would guess say, 200 meters east of, yeah. east of where, where the big vein outcrop was. Um, uh-huh. Now, we, we believe that we've intersected it in, in our deeper drill holes. And so it's actually, it's actually we're, we're thinking that at least part of the zone, and um, it appears to be more of a fault zone than a clearly demarcated fault. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that fault zone, we believe, is now closer to where big vein is and we've also mm-hmm. seen in, in some of the holes uh, evidence of secondary faults that may be coming off Big Vein, um, mm-hmm. and those are clearly, clearly important structures. Um, we you have the Appleton Fault bringing in the in the gold-bearing fluid, and then getting getting moved out along these secondary and and third-order structures to mm-hmm. the sites of where the gold is actually concentrated. So all all of this structure is extremely important in uh, in what we're trying to do and what we're trying to find here yeah
2: and uh, yeah so I understand that you're sort of vectoring towards the higher grades and you do have to do a lot of drilling as you said it's not easy but when I look at this um, you know I'm, you, I know that you're you know so you're sort of concentrated in a small area right now but you've got some 12 kilometers of strike length along this uh, this uh, fault zone and um, so you're doing some some work, I guess, some probably some surface work, some some geological scouting going along that that whole twelve kilometer trend, I suppose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, newfound gold is, has proved proven that the Appleton Fault Zone is a prolific a prolific structure that it hosts, or or at least is associated with with gold occurrences, um, and uh, you know the the big vein a big vein occurrence on our property would be another one. Um, and we believe there are others. We have indications of others. Um, a few news releases ago, we talked about till samples. And those till samples, it, it sounds boring to most people because why mm-hmm. Why are you going to talk about dirt when we, want, when we want to talk about visible gold in drill cores? <laughs> but in fact, <laughs> in fact, what that told us was that about I think it's about 800 meters north of Big Vane, there is the likelihood of another occurrence that could be another Big Vane. Now, mm-hmm. we've, got a, we've got a lot of work to do to prove that up, but um, those pristine gold grains, and by pristine, I mean they, they're, they're like very, very delicate shapes. They haven't been folded and rolled into a ball. Um, they're still... They still have jagged edges. So that that didn't come from very far. It didn't come from as far as Big Vane. So we believe that there's there's another gold occurrence waiting to be discovered up in that area. We're Mm -hmm. also doing all the way along the Appleton Fault. We're doing soil sampling. We're doing prospecting. And we're especially targeting the east side of the fault. Um, As you probably know, um, Newfound Gold has found most of their best intersections on the east side of the Appleton Fault. Big mm-hmm. rain is uh-huh. on the west side of the fault. Now, we don't believe that it really matters whether you're on the west side or the east side of the fault as long as you have the structures, those second- and third-order structures coming off the Appleton Fault. Um, but we, do, we are starting to, to do a lot of work on the east side of the, of, mm-hmm. of the Appleton Fault, and uh, we think that we're going to be able to, uh, to come up with a few more gold occurrences that along that fault so the whole 12 kilometers are in play um and by the end of this field season which will probably be when when the snow covers the ground say november mid-november mm-hmm. uh billing drilling will continue but the prospecting and mapping will be shut down but by that time i i suspect that we would have three or four really good targets for diamond drilling mm-hmm. and uh we we're waiting right now for a permit for our um for our fourth drill rig. And that fourth drill rig is going to be the rig that will be drilling those targets identified during our during our field work. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll still have the three drilling at Big Vein, but we're also going to be drill testing other targets all along that Appleton Fault. Mm-hmm. Um, with just a couple of
2: minutes left here yet, I, I know there's some reference to uh, epizonal gold deposit in your uh, in your literature. Those of us who have followed several stories that Dr. Quentin Henning has worked on, we know that the Fosterville and your neighbor next door we're talking about epizonal seems to be a very exciting uh, portion of an orogenic deposit. Uh, and I know that Dr. Henning said something the other day. Of he likes to see the sort of flat terrain because it suggests that those higher uh, lower grades have been eroded away, and you have right near surface these high grades in epizonal uh, zone. And so, you know, I, I know he's extremely bullish on your story uh, as well, but any comments on this notion of, of epizonal gold deposits?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there, obviously there, there, there's something that's been brought to attention since, um, since the discovery of the swan zone, possible. At mm-hmm. least, like in in terms of in terms of being brought to investors' attention, as you mentioned, it was perhaps a company maker for Kirkland Lake. Quentin um, Hannek was involved with that, and he's been involved with uh, Newfound Gold, and he's also been a technical advisor for us. So he has a very good knowledge of the those systems, and and what he sees in Newfoundland uh, seems to fit that same picture. So I think. Uh, you know, from, from my limited understanding, um, what we see at, at, uh, Queensway, the, the style of mineralization is very similar to what we, what we see mm-hmm. New Crown Gold publishing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't seen anything but pictures from, from Fosterville, but, um, it looks, it looks very similar to what we see at Fosterville as well. So I think, I think we're right in the ballpark of that of that uh, style mm-hmm. of, of of gold deposits, and I think that um, you know, obviously, we hope that whatever newfound gold is finding down to the south extends up to Big Vein and beyond.
2: Absolutely. Well, just with a minute left here, yet we've got you've got how far through are you the fifty thousand meter drill program? Are you how many more assays will come be coming forward from that from that project? I mean, uh, from that fifty. From that program, I should say, uh, and then how well funded are you to take you into uh, through the rest of this year?
0: All right. Well, the the the, the funding one is the easiest one to answer. Um, we have uh, thirty thirty five million in the bank, Good. Canadian. Uh-huh. So um, so we're we're well funded for uh, for the foreseeable future. We expect to continue drilling through the winter and into the spring next year. Um, our how many meters have we drilled we've probably drilled sixty holes I think we're probably over eleven thousand meters by now I don't know the exact figure, but uh, it'll it'll be between eleven and twelve thousand meters um, mm-hmm. and uh, assays from the lab is always a tricky one um, yeah. i think I think of those sixty holes we probably have assays back and we've reported um, between thirty and forty of those holes. Mm-hmm. So we'd say about thirty-five holes we've probably reported. We have mm-hmm. assays back for. and mm-hmm. uh, so so there's a bunch of assays still in the lab. Um, as you know, the lab turnaround times are, are not great, but um, mm-hmm. you know the labs are working overtime to try and get the results out. So there's not there's not much we can do but uh, other than sit and wait. But uh, no, I they, think... they, they, they do give us good service. I don't want to make it sound like they're not, uh, they're not doing their job. They're just, they're just okay. overwhelmed with they're the emotive, overwhelmed. With samples that they're getting, especially out in Newfoundland.
2: All right, Roger. Well, we'll have to leave it go at that. I think we'll be wanting to watch real closely uh, assays that will be forthcoming now as the labs get back to you, right? We should have a steady diet of those uh, through the end of the year, I would think, then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, we, we get we get the assays out as, as soon as we can, and um, we'll continue to do that. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I, I don't want to predict anything, but I, I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll have some uh, some athletes out in, in early to mid September.
2: Excellent. All right, we'll have to leave it go with that, Roger. Thank you so much for sharing uh, with our listeners the update on this very exciting, I think, very promising story that you have uh, with your company so uh, we'll look to catch up with you again sometime in the not too distant future
0: absolutely thanks very much Jay.
2: always appreciate it thank you roger well folks we do have to go to break now but don't go away because david mckelvaney will be with us Uh, david mckelvaney of mckelvaney wealth management want to find out what he's doing uh, in these very uncertain markets so don't go away we'll be back with david mckelvaney
4: Lion One Metals is focused on high-grade gold in Fiji, led by legendary Canadian financier, Walter Barakoff. Lion One is permitted for production and drilling for discoveries in one of the most exciting high-grade gold projects in the prolific South Pacific Ring of Fire. Lion One trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol LIO and on the OTCQX under the symbol LOMLF. Go to our website at liononemetals.com for more information about Lion One metals and high-grade gold in Fiji.
5: Labrador Gold is an exploration company focused on its flagship Kingsway project, located in Central Newfoundland Gold District. Labrador Gold's first-phase drilling program has successfully identified high-grade gold mineralization, including a 3.6-meter intercept, grading 20.6 grams per ton gold and 1.85 meters, grading 50.38 gram per ton gold. The company has approximately $35 million in the treasury and is led by a world-class team of CEO Roger Moss and technical advisors Sean Ryan and Quentin Henney.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
2: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times the Good Times. Uh, we've got a disappointment. Uh, David McIlvaney was scheduled to be our guest, but there's no David McIlvaney to be found. And so um, I'm going to uh, just pass along some of uh, comments of my own to fill in the time here. Um, it is uh, always uh, something I should be ready for because one never knows when, for whatever reason, guests don't show up. Other the 13 years that I've had, uh, 11 or 12 years I've been doing this show, uh, it's happened a couple of times, and um, most of the time the guests are there, but this time not so. Uh, in, in any event, I just want to maybe just comment a little bit on the markets from my perspective. It seems impossible, um, improbable to believe that the Fed can uh, – that there's any way that the Fed can really tighten or, uh, or, or start uh, discontinued QE – Uh, They tried uh, some time ago, uh, uh, and they tried to to pull back the purchases of of securities, and it didn't work at all. Uh, Immediately, interest rates started to rise, and the stock market tanked. And I think that we can pretty much expect that that is going to happen uh, at some point here as we go forward. Uh, I might just – I have some of David McElvenny's. I was going to talk to him about his weekly hard asset insights. Um, and David uh, just talked about volatility that occurred the previous week. And then, of course, um, we, we had the soothing talk from Jackson Hole and the uh, uh, we had some very soothing talk from the Federal Reserve last week. Uh, in the end, you know, when push comes to shove, the politicians and the central bankers always take the easy way out. And we've been taking the easy way out ever since Nixon took us off the gold standard in 1971. The easy way out. Uh, the uh, military-industrial complex wanted to engage in wars and build the empire, but in order to do that, they had to pay for. Um, they had to pay for the. Um, uh, you know, they, they couldn't. The, the politicians couldn't tax uh, Americans uh, without losing their votes, and so uh, they got the Fed. Uh, Nixon. Uh, just unilaterally decided that he, would, um, uh, that he would just close the gold window. And, uh, and, uh, and so we were able to, with our military might, uh, to restructure the petrodollar and go from there. But it was all based on taking the easy way out. Politicians wanting to get reelected. Uh, Americans wanting to have an easy time of it and not have to work and save. Uh, the free lunch, which is what human nature sort of wants us to, it sort of, we sort of gravitate towards that if we're not disciplined and we don't recognize reality. Uh, I'm told here that we will be getting a call in from David. Okay, he is here then. Okay. Hi, uh, David. Jay, better late than never. Great to be back Uh, with you. Okay. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, Let me just ask you, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, I wanted to talk to you about your last weekly hard asset insights uh, that I think people should really take advantage of. Um, They go to your website, the Wealth management website and um, yeah so you I mean it seems to me that uh, that it's impossible almost uh, for the for the Fed to really start raising rates or just start um, discontinuing QE what are your thoughts
6: yeah certainly the talk is there because we've got inflation creeping up and it's apparent to most of the folks at the Fed. That it's uh, something more than transitory, although that's that's all they'll admit to publicly. Uh, but the inflation issue is is there. They'd like to raise rates, but you've got a financial system which is way over leveraged and dependent on the continued flow of of, of easy money uh, on on very accommodative numbers. So, I I, th- I think you're right. I think it's going to be. Um, challenging for them to move away from that posture. As much as they'd like to, as much as it makes sense to, there's a consequence to doing so, and, and, and this is a price that they'll have to pay, given the fact that they've kind of overstayed, at this point, way too long on the accommodative side of things.
2: Well, I don't know. Uh, way too long, as far as I'm concerned, David. They've been doing it for decades, and um, you know, I was just talking, uh, waiting for you to come on here uh, I'm a lot older than you. I'm closer to your father's age. And we remember the days when Richard Nixon uh, closed the gold window. And we, as I recall, the U.S. was having trouble financing Vietnam. It was having trouble uh, with, the, um, with the welfare state that was being expanded by President Johnson. And when Nixon came along, I mean, what were the politicians going to do? Raise taxes to pay for a war that people didn't understand? Uh, Whether they going to raise taxes to pay for socialism wasn't a, a winning deal politically, so Nixon took the easy way out. Don't you think we've been taking the easy way out for generations almost?
6: We have. You know, inflation is one version of the easy way out, and now we've got a new version of that coming, which is financial repression. They've held interest rates low. Uh, at an artificial level for a long time now, uh, following the global financial crisis they've they 've been held uh, artificially low, and so you get kind of the one two punch on the one hand you can 't buy as much as you used to as everything 's costing a little bit more and repression is this idea that you 're also not getting the income that you expected mm-hmm. off of the savings that you 've set aside, and you know that acts as a subsidy for those who are deeply in debt, including the government. So that one-two punch of inflation and financial repression, it is the easy way out. And, you know, Keynes was not critical. I think it was actually complimentary of inflation saying, not one Mm -hmm. in a million people will understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And and that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it's a great policy. Great Mm -hmm. not for us, of course, but great if you're pragmatic and (laughs) don't mind hurting your own people.
2: Right. From a political point of view, it's an excellent policy. Uh, and and especially if you can keep them in the dark, uh, down on the mushroom farm, as they like to say. Um, That's right. So how, I, I'm just wondering, so, you know, we have this prospect of if the Fed tightens too much, I mean, it was just remembering a few years back when uh, when the Fed tried to, to taper, and we had the taper tantrum, uh, the markets, uh, just a little bit of a tick up in interest rates, Seem to cause wreck havoc on the markets and the financial markets. The, I mean, I've I i do not know how many times I'm looked at, I've looked at shorting the S and P 500. Every time I lose, because as soon as that starts to happen, it seems the, the Fed just juices the markets or gives some soothing words or whatever. And and you you know it doesn't it, There's just no winning way to go to bet against the Fed. Uh, on the other hand. I mean, it seems like the only way to make money is just to go long in the stock market. What are the risks that we're facing there? I mean, after all, doesn't the Fed chairman have our backs if we're in the equity market forever? And what could possibly well, go is, wrong, David?
6: This is one of the reasons why um, you know, we kind of pursue two different two different approaches in our asset management. One, we do have a short fund, and I can tell you it's it's not very fun. When the markets move against you, so your risk controls have to be very clear, very tight, and you have to manage with a very disciplined um, you know, skill set. So that's one approach or other approaches, hard assets, where we want to own things that do, in fact, reflect the reflationary or inflationary trends. As you say, they've been in place for decades, but they've become more desperate in the last few years. And that that I think, is is, you know, it includes precious metals. It includes global natural resources. it includes um, other assets that that have an intrinsic value. and and many of them, including real estate and infrastructure, also have cash flow. So you kind of get paid while you wait. What could be different to the second part of your question? You know it's it's similar. What's different is the scale of things. I think of total margin debt versus GDP. And, and and margin debt is, of course, what people are borrowing to speculate in the stock market beyond the money that they have. They're they're taking money from the house and and adding to an existing position. They're that confident, and you tend to see margin numbers at their peaks when the markets are peaking. So no surprise that we had you know 1999 to 2000 uh, margin debt got to about two and a half percent of GDP. 2007, just before the market dropped 50 percent. Again, uh, margin debt to GDP was about 2.5%. Now we're between 3, 37 and 3.8% of GDP, the largest numbers we've seen in the history of the stock market. And, you know, one of the things that's clear, we mentioned this in, in our comments on hard asset insights on, on Friday, is, is that as you unwind leverage, it gets reflected mm-hmm. in asset prices. Mm-hmm. And so we saw a decline of 4.3%. In July from June, still mm-hmm. it's about $844 billion in margin debt. But what could be different this time? I, I think it actually might be very similar to previous peaks where you start to unwind a little bit of leverage and then things get really interesting.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, dominoes that start topping each other over. Yeah, you mentioned, in your, uh, you mentioned exactly that in your weekend uh, missive. And people can go and, and catch that every weekend, can't they, David? If they That's want to right.
6: read what we you're thinking, it's, it's, yeah. That's right. Two things on the weekend. Credit Bubble Bulletin is on Saturday as well as the Hard Asset Insights for one, two-page summary of of what we see impacting the, the hard asset space. And uh, very helpful. Um, and it's meant to be brief so that you you can go about your day. If you want a, a cup of coffee and the long slog, then Credit Bubble Bulletin will give you a good 15, 20 pages of data for the week. And, and the Hard Asset Insights is, is our attempt to put kind of 10 pounds of, of mud into a 5-pound sack.
2: And they can go to, um, uh, to the McLevaney Wealth Management uh, website, I guess, for that. That's um, right.
6: It's M, as in McLevaney, Wealth, M, as in management, so mwealthm.com.
2: What are your thoughts on gold? I mean, gold, it seems to me gold is quite a... A bargain right now, because if you look at it relative to the amount of money that's been created, and with all this fiscal stimulus on top of that, um, and and rising prices, but gold hasn't, it's not been performing very well. What's what's your take on that?
6: Yeah, long term, we're still very bullish. In short term, you've got some technical hurdles to get over. Um, you know, we're trading below the 200-day moving average and, and well below a gap uh, that needs to fill for us to see further upside in, in in the near term. And so, you know, I think, Jay, one of the challenging things here is that gold may trade against the dollar for a little while, and to the degree that we have any chaos in overseas markets, like we did a couple weeks back with, you know, an unwind in Chinese credit uh, with Huarong and, and the asset management companies coming under intense pressure, required a recapitalization by uh, the government. Um, you know, that impacted the commodity space. We had the dollar explode higher, gold dropped like a stone. And mm-hmm. those kinds of dynamics um, may still represent some short-term headwinds for the metals. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a, a plug for the U.S. dollar. I think the fundamentals for the U.S. dollar are abysmal. Mm-hmm. But, on the other hand, um, it, can, it can, in that short-term trading fashion, uh, impact gold negatively i, I wouldn 't look at it from a from a standpoint of being concerned um, because i think I think the long term prospects and i mean by long term i mean eighteen to twenty four months not long term as in you know <laughs> twenty yeah. years from now or something <laughs> like that yeah. um, in in the long term kane said we 're all dead, so it doesn 't really matter uh, but i mm-hmm. I think yeah, I, th- I think gold's prospects are strong. The gold silver ratio is is uh, you know seventy seven to seventy nine in that range. Mm-hmm. i would I would own both. Um, mm-hmm. looking at the miners compared to the metals, you've got the same kinds of ratios as we had back in the year two thousand. So for the person who's who's looking for a bargain, I think there's there's definitely some really quality assets uh, with some really quality management and I, I think you got to pay attention to that, too, on the growth side. Um, so, actually, I'm, I'm encouraged by what I see. I just don't expect an immediate pat on the back by, by Mr. Market. Okay.
2: All right, we'll have to leave it go at that, David. I guess that's. Uh, we'll try to catch up with you sometime when we have you for the entire segment, but it's good to hear from you in any event. Uh, better than nothing, that's for sure. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll look to do it again sometime in the near future, hopefully. So All right, for folks. Thank you, Jay. You bet. You bet, David. Uh, okay, well, that is it for this week, folks. Next week, Frank Holmes will join us, and uh, we'll be talking to the CEO of NV Gold. Until then, goodbye, and God's blessings to you.
1: Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. NV Gold
6: Corporation, trading under NVX on the TSX and NVGLF on the OTCQB, is a gold exploration company focused on uncovering the next multi million ounce gold deposit in Nevada with an aggressive exploration season ahead in 2021, a tight share structure, strong management ownership, key strategic investors, a globally recognized technical team, report coverage from industry gold experts, and a strong treasury. Visit NV Gold Corporation. To learn more on this exciting story.